Hello and welcome to the weekend edition of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. We had the Red Sox game on yesterday. It was interesting that the Red Sox announcers were busting on the Pirates, mostly on the Pirates management, a little bit on the Pirates lineup and the Pirates rotation um, and the comments that were made about the Pirates rotation. Um, I think people had mixed feelings about this. I mean, you don't want anyone ripping on your team unless it's your own fans. Um, So, you know, it was a little weird, but I think a lot of fans were also like, well, they have good points, you know. Um, The points were, if you make a, a comment about your rotation, that it's a fluid situation and you refuse to say what your rotation is or what numbers your rotation is or who the opening day starter is, Um, the Red Sox announcer said, well, that's because they don't have a rotation. And yeah, I mean, oh, so truth meter, if we did like, what do you do those things with the politics? Um, You try to find out if it's a, a true statement or not. I would say it's true and it's not true. I mean, the Pirates have six guys that are going to be in their rotation. Um, I don't know why they don't want to announce an open day starter. Um, I would, you know, there is no obvious opening day starter other than if you wanted to make Mitch Keller the opening day starter. But Keller goes today, so he wouldn't be ready on Thursday. And I've heard that maybe they're going to have like an opener to start off the season to, um, you know, to kind of manage innings or maybe have someone go three innings and another guy go three innings. I don't think it really matters who the opening day starter is, but I would say the truth meter, it's probably false because they do have a rotation. Uh, but some of the th- some of the things that the Red Sox announcers were saying were valid. Um, when they were saying that um, the Pittsburgh Pirates have won four games or four, four winning seasons out of the last 30 and... They're going into this season with a $37 million payroll. That was, I believe, true. I mean, I'm not sure exactly if it's four winning seasons, um, but it sounds right, you know, after they got to the playoffs in 1992. Um, That's valid. I mean, the point that they haven't had winning seasons and they're not trying to win is hard to argue. The reason why it's hard to argue is because even the people that are all on and all in on Ben Sherrington, they use the statement that they're not ready to win yet. And, you know, I guess at some point they feel like the team's going to be ready to win. And I guess that means when enough of these, um, the guys that you got while you were tanking are getting to the age and the level that the experience level that you want to bring them up, um, like the Tigers brought up Torkelson, like Kansas City brought up Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I guess that's a valid point. But I mean, if the truth meter on that is 100%. I mean, the Pirates are not trying to win. Saying that they're going to win 75 games this year is not just disingenuous. You know, there's no logic there at all considering the over-under in Vegas is 62 and a half. And I think that's a little high because it went over last year. Um, that's probably why they're, they're setting it so high. Um, but yeah, that I mean, they, they did have points and they talked a lot about the Pirates and they were kind of joking about the lineup, you know, how the lineup was, um, you know, a bunch of nobodies. And that 
is valid. I mean, I've been saying this, you know, their their road team lineup is um is pretty bad. Now, yesterday's lineup I thought was interesting because you had Matthew Frazier, Matt the Bat, and he had a pretty good game. You had Nick Gonzalez, Nick the Stick, and he had a pretty good game. And Matthew Frazier was manning center field, which, you know, we might have an opening in center field once Brian Reynolds is gone. And I don't see an obvious center fielder, considering that Travis Swaggerty hasn't really swung the bat in three years, you know, hasn't really played the field in like two or three years. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's the only guy that I can see. And I was thinking they were viewing him as a corner outfielder, so it was really nice to see Matthew Frazier play center field. I mean, he looks like an athletic guy. He's a young guy. I don't see why he couldn't take over the reins for Brian Reynolds at center field when they're quote unquote ready to win. Um, and then other guys say they're going to spend money when they're ready to win or whatnot. I mean, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Right now, they're not spending any money. Right now, this year's team is horrendous. And really, the stuff that happens in the spring, you can't put anything into it. I mean, I would say, you know, Brubaker was not hitting his spots yesterday. That was disappointing. Um, same thing with Bryce Wilson. He's been disappointing in the spring. I mean, it's early. But for those guys to be successful, they have to hit their spots. Um, On the other side, um, Mitch Keller has looked really good in the spring. But again, it's early. Now, here's the thing with Mitch Keller. You have to see how he does when he has two bad games in a row in the summer and you're in the regular season. And that's how you're going to know. Like, how does he react to that? And I would say if he has the true confidence that he could come back from something like that. But... That is where he got in trouble in the past, over the past three years, is when he starts to get in trouble, then he loses confidence, then he starts nibbling, then he starts throwing meatballs right over the plate. So um, we don't know with Mitch Keller either. Um, I don't know what we've learned from this spring, but the biggest story out of the spring has been Diego Castillo. So um, we should take a deep dive into Diego Castillo, who's a pretty interesting guy. I mean, we know he's an international guy. The interesting thing about Diego Castillo is he is a guy that absolutely, if he ends up being good, he would absolutely take an extension to stay with the team. Because I know this guy. Um, He was very happy to get added to the 40-man roster. Um, He would accept... Uh, He's not like um, someone who was born in a rich area of California. You know, he is someone that would right away accept a decent extension, some guaranteed money. And his mom would be right there with him because, you know, I've I've talked to his mom over the Internet. Um, And so, you know, we would like Diego Castillo to be successful. Do we know that he's going to be successful? Actually, if you look at his age, he's solidly 24 years old. You should bring him up to the Major League roster at this point. One thing that's interesting about Diego Castillo, though, when we do a deep dive, is he hasn't always done that well in the minors. He's had a lot of full seasons in the minors, but he hasn't always done that well. Um, At age 17, you wouldn't expect him to do well, right? This was in the Dominican League at age 17. Um, In 262 plate appearances... He had 11 doubles, but he didn't have any power back then, but he was only 17 years old. 
not unusual, no home runs. But he came off really well in the Dominican League, and the Yankees were really happy about this. He batted 331 and had an ops of 817 with those doubles. Uh, he struck out 29 times and walked 16 times. So as, um, as uh, uh, I don't know, I forget the guy's name, Justin would say, he has a good approach at the plate. Um, then at age 18, they put him in the rookie league, the Gulf Coast League, and had 184 plate appearances. Um, pretty similar as far as the seven doubles. He hit one home run, but his average wasn't as good. He hit 267 with a 659 ops. And here's the thing where he's, he did sort of slump for a while. Um, the following year when he was 19 and then when he was 20 and then he was 21 in A+, his OPS was never more than like 640. Uh, in fact, it was pretty close all those years, 639, 631, 625. Um, so he did struggle really up until the point of this year. Uh, and this year he did really well. He had an 843 ops in the minor league. So he looks like the kind of guy that might be a breakout candidate. And we would like him to be a breakout candidate. Um, he obviously has... Now, he looks a lot like Rodolfo Castro did when he had that streak. And Rodolfo Castro actually did it in the major leagues. Um, Rodolfo Castro also hit over 300 in the minors. So, I mean, there's no way of telling if this guy is is Rodolfo Castro or is maybe slightly better than Rodolfo Castro because he's about the same age. He's doing it in a short sample size. I mean... Um, on the Pittsburgh Pirates, you could definitely make the case that you could bring this guy up and have him play second base this year because you really don't have anybody else. Chavis hasn't looked that great. He's just looked okay. And if you're going to play Chavis, he actually looked pretty decent at third base yesterday. You're not going to play him at second base. So if you're going to bring up a second baseman, I would think Diego Castillo is going to be your guy. But he is a guy that has struggled in most of his minor league career until last year when he had a legitimate breakout year in double and triple A. Um, so, you know, why not bring him up? I would think that if they're at least thinking about the fans and doing some sort of damage control, they would bring him up because they really have nothing to lose rather than throwing someone out there like, I don't know, a guy that might be funny or might, you know, you might have some interest in the guy. Um at second base, uh, why not bring somebody up that the fans want to see? And anyway, my point is that Michael Chavis might, you know, have a little bit more experience. But at this point, if you want to give the fans something to watch this year, because the team really doesn't have much on the field to watch, then it would be a nice treat to give Diego Castillo a chance, considering that, um, you know, next year, Nick Gonzalez is coming up to play second. Um, Diego Castillo probably wouldn't be considered any more than um, a role type guy. I mean, even if you had um, an outfield of Matt Frazier and um, O'Neill Cruz next year, uh, I'm not sure who your third outfielder would be if um, Ryan Reynolds is traded. But yeah, you would still need a shortstop. Um, Diego Castillo at shortstop He's not as good defensively as um, uh, your guy that you have there now, you know. So 
I'm not sure what the plan is. I mean, I do, I do think he plays better at second base. Um, I have seen his throws not be super. Diego Castillo's throws not be con- super consistent from that side of the infield. He seems to do better at second base. Um, he would be a good second baseman this year, at least. You know, he's probably. I can't think of anything that really distinguishes him from Rodolfo Castro. They're both the same guy. And when Rodolfo Castro came up, he struggled. So I don't know. I mean, they both have a little bit of pop. You know, they both have put on some weight, so they have that kind of compact power. Um, they're pretty similar guys. I mean, um, but if you look at it, you know, if you look at the fact that when Brian Reynolds came up, um, he also didn't have a great season. He didn't have great seasons in the minor leagues. Not as bad as Diego Castillo's, but he didn't have great seasons in the minor leagues. When they brought him up, he definitely was ready, and he answered the call back in 2019. And I think that's why um, the Pittsburgh Pirates want to have so many guys in the mix, because first of all, you never know who's going to step up, a.k.a. Diego Castillo, and you never know who is actually going to get better in the major leagues, you know, also known as Brian Reynolds. So... Um, I would think that you bring him up as a second baseman. I like Diego Castillo. To me, he's the exact same guy as Rodolfo Castro. But give him a chance. Let's see what he does, you know? And I know that's what the fans want to see. And as bad as this team is this year, it would be nice if you do something for the fans. So um, that's that. There was also a rumor yesterday. Now, I was accused yesterday of... You know, just trying to get attention by being too negative on Ben Sherrington again. Da, 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 da. I mean, I don't know. Like, and I really do sometimes look myself in the mirror and I say, well, am I just being too negative on this franchise? I mean, yeah, I, I post things on Twitter to try to market the, um, you know, the podcast. Uh, I mean, if that's what you're accusing me of, um, I mean, that's the whole point to make a podcast is to get listeners. I mean, I'm not doing commercials. I'm not making any money off this podcast. I'm not building a brand. I do it because I enjoy it. But I do enjoy talking to the people on Twitter that listen to the podcast, which is growing. You know, it's it's a decent amount of listeners. I expect it to be pretty good by the summertime. But yeah, I mean, if you're accusing me of that, like putting stuff on Twitter because I want people to read it. I mean, isn't that why people put stuff on Twitter? And the person that was accusing me of that also puts a bunch of stuff on Twitter. It's just really positive, like friendly, flowery stuff about the pirates, you know? So, I mean, you just don't like what I'm saying, basically. Um, But yeah, and somebody actually just commented on Twitter about how bad the pirates announcers are. And yeah, that's one thing I've said that I can't stand. Like, how I just. Ugh, the Pirates announcers, because uh, there's some announcers that I really like listening to on the radio with the MLB app um, where they'll be they will be like brutally um, honest about the team, you know, and and they'll just tell you what honestly what's going on. And the Pirates TV announcers and radio announcers never tell you honestly what's going on. I mean, they have guys come into town that you know, used to be on the Pirates, are doing well, and they'll hardly even mention it. I mean, if people are willing to watch the Pirates, at least tell what's actually going on. I mean, don't try to paint this picture, you know? I mean, just be honest with what's going on. I mean, 
We know what's going on. Whether your opinion is they're building towards something and they're just not trying to win this year, or whether your opinion is they're just a cheap franchise and they're never going to try to win. Um, you know, either way, you're making an opi- an actual opinion. You're not getting paid just to kiss the team's ass. I mean, that shouldn't be your announcers because those kind of announcers, and as I've seen the comments on Twitter, are really hard for people to swallow. And it's why I have to, like, it's nice when the Red Sox announcers are on because I get to hear about what the Red Sox are doing. I get to hear about what the Red Sox announcers think about the Pirates so I can keep the sound on. But if the Pirates announcers are on, I got to turn the sound down. I got to put on some Pink Floyd or try to put on a podcast. And it's kind of annoying because, I mean, I kind of like to hear what they have to say, but I just can't stomach it, you know? And the same thing like if Ben Sherrington's on there. I kind of want to hear what he has to say, but I just can't stomach that guy anymore. And I realize that he never says anything anyway, you know? Um, I mean, like, why wouldn't you tell us that Anthony Alford is having hand discomfort, I think is what Jason Mackey said. But they, you know, they never really had like an official statement or whatever, you know, like normally you would do, you know. Uh, He's out, he's day to day with hand discomfort, you know. Um, I mean, all we know is we're not seeing him in the lineup. We don't know if he's going to make this team. I mean, people are curious. Inquiring minds want to know. And the Pittsburgh Pirates never say anything, you know. We don't know what they're doing with the catcher position. We know that the Yankees traded for a catcher yesterday. So there are some available catchers out there um, from teams that have too many catchers in spring training. But as of right now, the Pirates starting catcher has looked okay, but we know that he's super duper injury prone. And the Pirates backup catchers are pretty limited, you know? I mean, maybe it's just going to be Richie. But I wish they would just announce that or trade for somebody, you know, I mean, at some point, just because, I mean, it's nice to know what they're thinking and what's actually going on. Even if the product is terrible this year, we would still like to know, like, what's going on with the team, you know? I mean, we have a general idea what's going on with the team. We know which six starters are likely to come up with the team. We know they're going to bring up a couple extra pitchers with the team, Um, But we still don't know, like, who the backup catcher is. We still don't know who the starting second baseman's going to be. We don't know who the third baseman's going to be, depending on how long Key Brian Hayes is out. And, um, by the way, Key Brian Hayes and extension talks, you know, I don't believe anything John Heyman says after that lockout thing um, because it was just annoying how every day he would come out and say the same thing as if he's got inside information that a deal might be in place. And every day they were still miles apart until the very final time when they had to make a deal, they finally made a deal. But I think it was interesting that all the Boris guys voted against a deal. You know, they they still wanted the lockout to continue, but there were enough regular players, guys like Ben Gamble, that just want to get their paycheck and want to play, you know, that do well. But yeah, I'm all for a key Brian Hayes extension, but I'm not necessarily believing John Heyman. I would rather see it happen, you know? I mean, when the um, when the Rays extended Wander Franco, first it came out as a rumor, and then it came out as truth, you know? And it was a great extension, 10 or 11 years, 130 to 180 million. 
Um, that is the kind of thing that Pirates fans would be stoked about. And I think Pirates fans, including myself, not only want to see someone get extended, and I'm fine that it's keep Ryan Hayes. I don't think that he's super, um, he's not like, um, you know, some third basemen have back issues. It's not really something chronic like that that's keeping him out of games. So I don't think at this point that Key Brian Hayes is like an injury guy, like a Travis Swaggerty or someone like that, where your concern would be he's going to be injured, like if he was a pitcher or something like that. And as I've told you guys many times, I'm not concerned about his hitting coming around. It might take some time, but someone who has that much ability defensively and can swing the bat, his hitting will come around enough for me to know that you're ensuring yourself that you have someone to man the hot corner all those years that can play third base, that can play, let's let's face it, I mean, this guy plays um, gold glove third base. I mean, he's right there with Nolan Arenado on the Cardinals, and he's younger, you know? So it's very... Um, I mean, I would expect that this guy's going to get gold gloves. So I would love to have him extended on the Pirates. But yeah, we're also curious to see, well, what does a key Brian Hayes extension look like? That's something that people say on Twitter all the time. What does it look like? I really don't know. I mean, I would hope that it totals at least 80 million bucks because I don't think the Pirates have ever offered that much for any one player. Um, they made an extension to some catcher somewhere down the road, some pitcher somewhere down the road, but I don't know if any of their extensions have come close to a hundred mil. So the fact that they are willing to do that would at least, at least make me believe a little bit further that some of these guys that keep saying the pirates are going to spend money when they're ready to win you know, at least that's possibly on the table. Um, but there was a guy on Twitter yesterday that was telling me, yeah, um, Bob Nutting is always nervous about the payroll. And really what I said Bob Nutting was going to do this year, he has done. And I was saying that he probably lost money during the pandemic. He wants to keep a super low payroll to try to get that money back when fans can come. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities to make money this year for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Phillies series will sell out at least two out of three of those games. Um, the Yankees series will sell out. And then they mentioned yesterday there's a Red Sox series. There's also a Mets series. I mean, you're talking about, you know, four series that might sell out PNC Park, at least for part of the series. In addition to that, you have the normal stuff like the Cubs fans coming to town, the Cardinals fans coming to town, maybe some Brewers fans come to town. And in addition to that, you have t-shirt nights, you have giveaway Sundays, um, you have, I don't know if there's a concert, but you have fireworks nights and stuff like that. So, you know, the way that um, the owner is looking at it is that I have a lot of opportunities to make money with this team, even though most of the games, no one's going to be there. You know, you're going to hear yourself echo if you sneeze. Um, most of the games are going to be like that, but that was my sense that he was not going to raise money this year because he lost money in the pandemic. And it doesn't really matter what the other owners do because the other owners have kind of went for it. Even guys in smaller markets like the Marlins have spent a lot of money. I think their payroll is over $100 million now. Um, there's three teams that I could think of off the top of my head 
that aren't spending any money. I mean, Arizona's going out and spending money. They're extending guys. Colorado signed Chris Bryant, so they're spending some money. The three teams that are, that are really cutting payroll, two of them are within 300 miles of each other, and that's the Cleveland Guardians and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then the other team would be the Baltimore Orioles, who actually have an even lower payroll than Pittsburgh because they didn't really sign like anybody to like five million bucks and three million or four million bucks with Yoshi like the Pirates did this year. Um, I really don't know what they're doing either other than, you know, see the Orioles also have a very nice stadium and they sell out when the Yankees are in town, when the Red Sox are in town, when the Phillies are in town. And now that you're playing every team, you know, you're going to get a lot more of those. And if the Tigers end up being good this year, which I'm not so sure about, I think the Tigers are still a year or two away, they're going to come to PNC Park. So, I mean, we don't have much to watch this year. They're not winning 70 games. I think they're going to struggle to win 60 games. Um, like I said, uh, more more of the pitchers have not looked good than have looked good. Um, I think that Mitch Keller has looked good, and he pitches today. And I'm interested to see how he pitches against the Phillies today, I think is who they're playing. Um Either today or tomorrow the Phillies play. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked at it that closely. But Mitch Keller has pitched well. Thompson has pitched well. And then you have um, Brubaker and uh, Crow and Bryce Wilson who have struggled. So more of the guys. And then you got the old guy who I really don't care. You knew what you were getting with that guy anyway. But more of those guys have struggled than not. And yeah, you always have somebody step up in spring training. Here's the thing about they have a winning record in spring training. Seasoned veterans in a shortened spring training, they just want to make sure they don't get hurt. They just want to take their swings. They want to get their throws in. These guys aren't really like giving it their all to win a spring training game. So to say that the Pirates are hitting a lot of home runs in spring training or the Pirates have won, they have a winning record in spring training, it's while true... It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Well, it usually doesn't mean anything at all other than some of these guys are swinging the bats well. Um, but we have to see what happens when the season starts uh, as far as is is the team going to hit more home runs because home runs were a big problem last year. I mentioned that on my podcast for a long time that they only hit 115 home runs last year and you got to get that over 200. Um, I don't know if they're going to inch their way towards that. Uh, the catching position doesn't have any more home runs. The first baseman position might have slightly more home runs. We have a DH now, but so do all the other teams. Um, and Vogelback isn't exactly one of the better. He's probably, he is the worst DH in baseball, you know, because he's one of the worst players in baseball. Um, Diego Castillo might hit some home runs. Rodolfo Castro might hit some home runs. So you might get more home runs out of the second base position, but we still don't even know if those guys are going to be your second baseman. I mean, as, as far as we know, they're still considering Cole Tucker to be the opening day second baseman. Um, I would think that you're still going to have Kevin Newman at short. And when, um, Cruz comes up here, it looks like he's going to be in the outfield, um, but yeah, he he would bring you more home runs. Keep Ryan Hayes would probably hit more home runs than last year because he had the wrist issue. Um, other than that, I don't see a lot more home runs, particularly if um, Greg Allen is one of your starters in the outfield because he's not a home run guy. You know, he's more of a uh, average slash speed gap doubles hitter. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that you're going to have more home runs this year just because you hit a lot of home runs in spring training doesn't mean anything. 
So give me, let me give you a wrap for this morning's weekend podcast. A, for the most part, um, the Boston Red Sox announcers were spot on, except when they said they don't have a rotation because the Pirates have a rotation. It's just not particularly good. Number two, we hope that Key Brian Hayes gets extended. We love to see the terms of that extension, but until it happens, we don't believe anything that Jeff Hassan, Passan, or Heyman or any of those idiots say. Um, number three, it would be nice if you told us what was going on once in a while with Rowanzi Contreras, with um, anybody that might be hurt, like Anthony Alford. Um, the extent of Key Brian Hayes' injury. Will you just keep us in the loop because you are a, pres- a professional team and it's supposed to be an entertainment product for the fans and yet you never tell the fans what's going on. And number four, this team is not winning 70 games, which I've said on many occasions, and I'm not even sure that they're winning 60 games. So have a good weekend. Peace out. Watch the Phillies game today or tomorrow, whenever it might be. And we are getting very close, dangerously close, to opening day. Peace.